With me today is Reverend Ray A. Patrick, who served as assistant pastor at the Oakwood University Church with over 3,000 member congregation. And he pastored the Ephesus Community Church in San Jose, California. Reverend Patrick has also tackled media hosting a weekly radio program named Ray of Hope Gospel Show, which is featured on both Adventist Radio London and medianetgospel.com. He is a contributor to Premier Gospel, which is London's largest gospel station. Prior to this, he hosted Solid Rock on 1450 AM in Huntsville, Alabama, which had approximately 20,000 listeners. He was also a consistent contributor to WOCG 90.1 FM with Prayer on the Line, where he served as a prayer counselor. He produced and hosted his first weekly TV show, Advent Connects, on AT&T Cable in Los Angeles, California. And his sermons are played on several television stations around the world. Reverend Patrick's motto is, keep it real. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, I'd like you to tell my audience, because you are from the UK, I'd like you to tell my audience how you and I kind of cross paths a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I was really excited to receive an email from you um, about an interview that I did for one of the radio stations that I was working with here in the UK um, called MediaNet Gospel. Um, and we interviewed um, several gospel artists in a big concert that we had called Go UK. And one of those was Lucretia Campbell, and uh, who just brought the house down with her gospel and um, had a great interview with her. And then um, she sadly passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and then I received uh, an email from you saying you wanted to do a tribute program of something or something to do with her. And uh, you'd like to use part of the interview that we did on that day. And uh, I was very impressed and intrigued and excited um, that something we did such a while ago would be still have a, an impact. And so um, that's how um, I got to know you. I listened to one of your podcasts and then I listened to the one you did with the creature, uh, the tribute to her. And I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a very, very good ministry. We praise God. Yes. Well, I'd also like you to tell my audience more about you. I've, I have your bio in front of me, but I want mm -hmm. you to tell your own story. I like people to tell their own story rather than reading, having somebody else read it. So mm -hmm. tell your story of, I know that you were in the corporate world for about eight years, and then you yes. gave that up and went into ministry. Yeah, well, um, it wasn't quite that straightforward, but that's how I wrote it down in the bio. But um, how it actually happened was, and this is, this is all God. Um, I was in the corporate world on the run from God, basically, because mm. I knew that God was calling me to go into ministry. Um, and like Jonah, I couldn't, I didn't want to do it. You know, I wasn't that kind of guy. I was into the regular music scene, into the Rasta scene, you know, um, a little bit of weed here, a little bit of alcohol here, um, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. I was in addiction to pornography. My life was totally upside down uh, as far as Christianity was concerned. On the other side, it was doing very well, I thought. Um, and then out of the blue, not out of the blue, um, you know, my cards came crashing down as we say over here. And the, 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 what happened was um, I was um, doing some business, um, which wasn't straightforward business. And then um, the police arrested me, locked me up. And uh, at that point, I, I had to make a decision. 
because I honestly believe that God allowed all of that to happen for me to begin the process of rethinking mm. because I knew he had his hand on me. I, I grew up in the church. I was, uh, you know, I was from a Christian home. Um, I knew I had the ability to speak and to, to be persuasive. And maybe that's why I was a good criminal. I'm not sure. But nevertheless, God, God, God had me in, in a place where now I had to make a decision. While I was there, one of the arresting officers told me, he said, look, man, there is everything about you is about Christianity. Mm. You, why are you in this place? We got talking and all that kind of stuff. And he said, I'm going to let you out on bail and I'm going to send you home. You know, I don't have to pay anything. He said, mm. I'm, he's a Christian. And he okay. said, I want, you, I want you to consider that God is calling you. That's what the police told me, the arresting officer. That's what he told me. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> At that point, I was like, okay, God, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm giving up now. I'm going to follow you. And subsequently, um, um, got out of that and then the next move was when I got out um, God um, I, I met a pastor friend of mine um, Winsley Hector and he said Ray I'm going to take you to uh, the, the University in Alabama Oakwood and I want you to to, to consider studying ministry and um, I went there it was December uh, actually yeah, it was December um, um, 87, I think it was, or 88, 88 December. Okay. And um, when I landed there in Alabama, I didn't know what to expect. It was just a strange place. Um, the folks spoke, they spoke funny. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they looked at me every time I opened my mouth, like, why is this black man talking like a white man? <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was a real, and it was a culture shock. I'd never been in a place where there's so many black people all at the same time. Okay. And so I was like, boy, this is too much, man. And Oakwood University, of course, is, is predominantly black, 99.9% .9 black. Mm -hmm. And so there I was. Um, nevertheless, um, God allowed the police over here to drop the charges. Um, they allowed me to stay there and study. And the good news is, is that I was able to find my spiritual feet. And, um, and while there, um, you know, God just opened so many doors okay. and ultimately uh, graduated there, left there and headed straight to California for my first pastoral assignment in San Jose. Okay. And we pastored in San Jose. We did ministry in San Francisco, did ministry in Los Angeles, did ministry throughout the whole of California. Bakersfield is the last, no, Richmond, California was the last place I was. Uh, pastoring at the Beacon Light Church. Um, and then I uh, came back over here. Daddy passed away. So that brought me back here. Um, and I've been with mom ever since. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's my journey. Okay. Well, yeah. when you were in Alabama, because mm -hmm. I looked on your bio, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's when you were on Solid Rock. Yes. Okay. Tell me about that. How did you get get you know, to Solid that, Rock? This this is this is that was just amazing. So I was doing, I was on WOCG, which is the Oakwood University um, station, and I did a program called Prayer on the Line, and uh, and we would pray for people every Friday night. Hmm. And this this guy called me, one of the reverends there, and he said, "Look, man," he said, "I need you on Sunday morning." you know, to come on and fire the place up on the radio. And I, I you know, I, I'm from England. I don't know how to fire nobody up. Uh, you know, the Americans know how to do all of that stuff. And um, so I, I decided to take up the challenge. I followed Reverend McKinney and, uh, and uh, he said, man, come on and, and I'm gonna give you two hours of time, music, anything you wanna do, just, just, just fire the place up. And it will call it church before church. Okay. Church for church, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's, so that's what we did, man. We did interviews, we played music, and then I gave them a spoken word um, uh, to get them fired up. Um, and we did that for several years. Solid rock, man, what a time. And, uh, and it was good for me, because I grew up an Adventist, and so, uh, which was very traditional, conservative, and da-da-da-da-da, mm -hmm. uh, in, oh, in England anyway. 
until I got to America and I realized it was very different. Um, so so uh, it was good for me to, to venture into, as we say here, Sunday churches okay. <laughs> and see that, see that the spirit still moves. Amen. <laughs> see that the spirit still moves. And man, next thing I knew, um, I went to, I was preaching on Saturday and Sunday. Um, that, I mean, it was beautiful um, to experience the whole um, Baptist Pentecostal movement uh, there in America, and at the same time, um, still minister at the Adventist Church on the on the Sabbath. So it was great. It was great. And but Solid Rock was the beginning of opening those doors for me mm -hmm. um, of of breaking down denominational lines. Okay, yeah. that yeah. sounds great. It sounds great. I like the uh, that you said you had Friday night prayer. Now, what's really interesting to me is that you would do Friday night. Because Friday night and, and looking at your background and what you what else you work with is you work with children and youth who are struggling. I'll just put yeah. it that way. And Friday night is usually the night to get ready to party. <laughs> so did you have a large audience for your Friday night prayer? Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, because I was on a, a Christian university campus. Mm -hmm. Um, so we would, we would begin to pray around about, um, seven o'clock in the evening and we'll do two hours. Now that is before, cause they don't go out until about nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right. So right. The, the, the goal was, the goal was that we would pray hard enough that they ain't going to go nowhere. You know, they, <laughs> they, they, they will stay, they will stay on the campus. They will stay on the campus. So we, we started, you know, we, so we would pray. I mean, there were so many prayer requests. But what I did love about the Friday night time uh, for me, um, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, it was, it was church. But this was very informal. People can call up no matter where they are, what they were doing. And we can have a quick rapport with them and then we will pray. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, some of them are very open. It became like a whole counseling thing. People mm -hmm. going through stuff, so we'd read scripture, give them promises, and all those kinds of things. And I'm telling you, man, that ministry, I did it with a friend of mine called Roosevelt, and was, I think he's passed away now as well. But I'm telling you, man, we, God used us okay. to mm -hmm. really minister to the hearts of the young people, because we were older young people in the sense that these were like 18, 19 year olds and 20 year olds that are going to high school. But I was 20, I was 26, 27 at the time. Um, and and in, in university terms, that's pretty old mm. to be a freshman or sophomore. That's pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I picked up on that Friday night, because I know yeah. Friday night during that time, you know, we were getting ready to go out, yeah. Uh, yeah. whether to the club or or somewhere. And mm -hmm. included or incorporated in your prayer time, did you include music with that? Yes. So, you know, um, one thing I learned, I've been doing radio for so long, but, but when I got to America, they taught me something that I didn't learn here. Mm -hmm. And that is, is that there are certain uh, types of music that's appropriate for different situations. And, you know, um, I was always trying to be in, in, in the rap and hip hop and and even when I got into gospel, it was rap and hip hop kind of gospel. You know, it was the truth and Lecrae and all these guys, you know, yeah, Janet. So, however, um, they had labels on the music. And for the prayer show, they had certain types of music that you would pray to usher people into the presence of God. And so I learned that, and that was our musical, you know, we had we had musical prayers, we had we, and then we'll play songs that were appropriate to what the people were going through. Mm. Uh, and so we had to be very spontaneous, um, even though we may have a playlist lined up, but someone came on and said that, you know, they were battling with this and battling with that. Then, you know, through the mercies of God, we're able to grab a song, drop it on and, and, and then pray behind the song, as well as giving them a promise um, mm -hmm. to keep them along the way. So yeah, yeah, really enjoy prayer on drive. And, and I, I suppose as we matriculate through the interview, um, you would, uh, you, you're going to find out that I'm still doing that program. Mm -hmm. yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are going to. I want to uh, backstep just for a second, because mm -hmm. is this a book that you wrote called Hip Hop Versus Gospel? 
Yeah, what I did was it was mm-hmm. it's not actually a book. It's a paper that I wrote um, for a youth discussion, and and I will publish it. Um, I just you know I got so much things going on in my head at the moment, but I will publish it. And what I did was I gave it out to the young people to read about the origins of music and 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 you know and what the difficulty is with looking at hip hop versus looking at gospel and. And, and all that kind of stuff. And so we threw it out there. And of course, we had parents as well who, who, who learned from, from that paper that we produced um, because it taught them that there was, you could use that genre mm-hmm. of music uh, to praise God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but at the same time, making the young people aware that there is a massive difference between using the genre and using the lyrics. Okay. When it comes to praising God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we produced that and uh, I took it on the road and uh, we went to camp meetings and different youth retreats, um, just doing that workshop and allowing people to open up and to, to ask questions. And we try to give them good advice. Hopefully somebody got blessed by it. Along <laughs> I'm sure you'll know, you'll know. And uh, how many... Do you know the approximate number of young people that you reached with that? Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. I know that um, we did it in SoCal um, mm. in California. Um, we did it there for the camp meeting and there was probably about uh, two or 3,000 young people at that program. Mm. Uh, we also did it uh, abroad. I did it in Martinique um, at their camp meeting and it was 8,000 young people at that meeting. And that was such a big time that we we had a baptism at the end of the two weeks there of grappling with hip hop and gospel, prayer, and all those kinds of things, spiritual warfare, we bought into it. And, uh, and our first baptism was 240 young people. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was what nice a blessing. in the ocean. Um, God just really did a good job, man. Amazing, amazing job. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, young people are in my heart. I used to be a youth minister, so I always had I always had uh, a feel for young people and couldn't understand why sometimes adults forgot that at one point they were young and they want to condemn youth for what they're doing. And you know, sometimes some of the people could, if you step back, let's see, were you walking in those same steps? (laughs) So I'm I'm going to tell my mom to listen to this because she needs to hear exactly what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, because because they, uh, people forget that, you you know, and they always want to talk about, well, you kids, well, If we backtrack and go, uh, I'll even talk about the genre of gospel music. When Thomas Dorsey introduced gospel music, and we know where he came from, Mm -hmm. they were talking about that. They didn't want to bring that into the church. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to bring him into the church. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But God said different. But God, but God. Amen, amen. But God, wonderful. So in, in talking about that and, and sharing that, that part of what you do with young people, uh, because as you mentioned, that's where I saw the interview is that you were at a young, you were at a conference for the youth. Yes. And in that conference, are you training the youth as well? I know that Lucretia was a, uh, not only an artist upon herself, but she was also a, a teacher, a trainer. Yeah, so she was a facilitator um, um, and, and, and a very good job. A friend of mine, um, Darren Wint, who is a promoter here, um, and he normally brings um, musical guests from America for the programs that we put on. And, and this program was when we brought Pastor Myron Edmonds um, in um, to talk to the young people. He spoke about the, the story of Joseph. Marette Brown Clark came in. And, uh, and she tore the place up and she sang. And if you know her, she, at the time she had red hair. I don't know which color she got now, <laughs> but she had red hair. And, and it was good, you know, the young people just identified because that's where they are, you know, and that's what they were. And so she did a workshop, Lucretia did an amazing workshop on, on, on using your, your gift for God and all that kind of stuff. Just okay, so yeah, so, 
So we tend to put on these workshops here um, so people would learn the craft of ministering through music. Because mm -hmm. once they get at the UK, um, a lot of what we do is entertainment, but mm. not a lot of it is ministry. And so, um, you know, when we hear people like Lucretia and, and, and others, we begin to think, man, this is like preaching in music. You mm -hmm. know, it's, like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's powerful. And so, yeah, so that's what we do. And that, that particular program was called Go UK. And uh, at that program, we probably had a, around a thousand young people mm. um, around the, the country um, come to this spot. And, um, and it was brilliant, absolutely amazing, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, listening to, uh, sometimes I hear these vocalists or artists and they sing a song and I, I don't remember the name of this choir, but they were singing a change. Mm -hmm. And this was a choir from overseas. The woman that led the song, led it exactly like Tremaine Hawkins did. Okay. And I didn't feel it. Yeah. because it didn't feel like it was authentic it didn't feel like it was ministry it did mm -hmm. not feel like that person it, it seemed like they were just imitating yeah. what they saw and what they heard and i like what you said about that in well not I'll, I'll rephrase that in a second but when you said that a lot of people think of it as entertainment yeah. but it's not it is ministry, ministry. and people forget some people forget that, mm -hmm. that it is a ministry. And, and I mean, I, and, and what you're saying is so true because I honestly believe that um, because we over here particularly, now it's kind of different, but back in the day, all we heard was American gospel. Mm. And so we would mimic American gospel, um, wanting to be like Tremaine and Walter and and andre and sandra and all these folk and we would want to be so it was it was you know that's how it was we'll mimic it to the t even when they said hallelujah we'll say hallelujah uh-huh wave the hand we would wave a hand and and you're right it wasn't authentic it wasn't uh, us mm -hmm. because if you know anything about music here in, the, in 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 england gospel music it's caribbean based or african based okay and so what when we when we don't speak American English, but guaranteed we're gonna sing American English. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. I said now you can't understand sometimes when people speak. Uh, actually, right. someone had a a conversation with me about Adele, and they mm -hmm. said I could not understand what she was saying. I said, but you understood everything she's saying, right? And they're like, mm -hmm. yeah. I said, okay, there's a difference in, in that. And uh, to me, I knew that that was mimicking, but yeah. didn't know how to, I didn't know if I would be offending someone if I said that, but you know. You, you can't offend me like that because I've been in America. I was there for 23 years, man. That's, you know, oh, yeah? That's, yeah, 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 that's, that's, I, that's all. For me, um, being in America taught me um, how to be authentic. Mm. Um, I didn't need to mimic anymore because now I had my own experience. Okay. If that makes sense. And mm -hmm. so I, I spoke out of my own experience. I did radio and TV out of my own experience. And, and, and even though um, I was heavily influenced by the American culture at the time, um, my testimonies were mine. Okay. Uh, and, and everything I do, I like to include that. And that's why I'm glad you started where you started with the interview, because <laughs> it's my testimony. And, okay. And it's great. Now, when you talk about that, now we, I am born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Okay. And our gospel sound is different than mm -hmm. in Michigan, than in California, than in Alabama. Now, what differences did you see? Did you just go through Alabama and California or did you go stop in at other states? You know, I said God opened doors. While I was um, a sophomore in uni, in, at the university, um, all of a sudden, and of course on Solid Rock Radio, all of a sudden, the whole country of America became where I traveled to. 
There wasn't a weekend that I was on campus. Once I finished my Friday night program, I was at Huntsville Airport getting ready to fly out to minister somewhere. And I went to every state except Hawaii. Okay. Um, so I was able to, I did revivals and I actually in Chicago um, at the Independence of Nevins Church with Neville on Meadows back in the day um, and um, Hyde Park. Mm -hmm. another one um and and yeah there's several in in that area and then of course Berrien springs and, and all the other uh, south bend um all of those places so so i was able to be exposed to those kinds of course chicago had more choir gospel at that time and it was it was heavily charged choir music um that i'd never heard before you know whereas in alabama you know we were weeping and wailing you know it was oh it was it was that kind of gospel of course california then had a more commercial kind of gospel um and at that time of course you know kirk and and all of those folk were coming into into mm -hmm. their own um and um, i worked with andre crouch for several years in pacoima um, um, preaching on Sundays for him and Sandra. And that was a whole nother thing because mm -hmm. he was from California, but his roots are in the South. And so Andre kind of, you know, put it together kind of differently. And he, he wrote music for longevity mm -hmm. and not just for the moment. Um, and, and I was surprised at some of the stuff he wrote, like the blood that Jesus shed for me and all those things. And I was like, <laughs> this guy is amazing. But yeah. yeah, so I was exposed to all the different kinds. Of, of gospel music amen yeah i did a tribute uh show for uh, andre crouch so yeah. i was uh i had an opportunity to meet his sister uh, she mm -hmm. was here for a little while and uh yeah it's like pretty cool pretty cool yeah. they and uh the very eclectic type music and then they uh speaking of people who were dejected at for at church yeah when they first began andre crouch was one where they were saying that yeah. he you know he was not technically a gospel artist yeah. so my, my mom my mom used to tell me don't listen to that man he's up the devil <laughs> <laughs> and uh but now you know we he's he's he's, he's not even mainstream i mean we've mm -hmm. gone to another level and not a whole nother level oh yeah but, uh, god rest his soul and uh, I was actually talking to a guest that you, if you listen to my shows, I was talking to a guest that says, we tend to throw away artists, which yeah. is sad, as opposed to holding on to that, that treasure mm -hmm. that they promoted and pushed in. Um, I think about somebody like Vanessa Bell Armstrong, who, yeah. I mean, a powerhouse especially in the 80s and the 90s you know mm -hmm. and then uh i know that she took time off to be with her family but when you you think of the wealth that she did in gospel yeah. music in addition mm -hmm. to bringing it to commercialism uh mm -hmm. being a you know singing the theme song but we'll talk about that another time <laughs> this is <laughs> <was> about you <laughs> vanessa right. yeah now on your Ray of Hope gospel show, mm -hmm. is that just in the UK or is it, can we hear it here in the States? Yeah, you can, well, um, you know, it's, 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 on, it's on the Adventist radio app um, and they, you know, download the app and of course you can hear it anywhere in the world, really. Um, it's on DAB satellite radio. Um, it, is, it is the first of its kind here in gospel because um, DAB is normally something that is secular mm -hmm. and, you know, um, in America, I don't know what they call it, but it is satellite. So it's, it's all of the new cars have it and the new radios have it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so and if you got satellite, so you, anywhere you can travel, you won't, you know, you, the signal doesn't break, you'll get it anywhere in the world. Okay. Um, and so it's not like FM where once you run out of territory, you got to, you got to find the station again. It's just <laughs> consistent. Um, and of course, it's online as well um, on the website. But yeah, the Red Hope Gospel Show is what I'm currently, um, that's my, well, I started that in America mm -hmm. uh, and, and continued it while here. So um, it's syndicated in South Africa um, and uh, throughout Africa, actually. And, and then, of course, here in the UK, it's on the Adventist station 
as well as anywhere else you want to pick it up because there's podcasts and there's all kinds of stuff. But, mm-hmm. but that's what we do. That is the Rev Hope Show. I, I have a co-host, um, Angie, and we just talk anything crazy uh, for two hours on a Sunday and it's off the chain. I mean, uh, we get we get negative fan mail and positive fan mail. <laughs> say negative fan mail you know people you know i've been in america for for 23 years in total so my my you know i learned black history in america and so when i talk about it here they want to shoot me man they they think i'm racist the white folk don't like it (laughs) they give me a hard time and um yeah so it's 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 a tough time at times but in england black history is october that's it it's a it's the october month it's black history month now um, in, in America, they used to complain that it was February, it was too short. In, in England, they put it on the same month as Halloween, and I have mm. a problem with that. Oh, but wow. Never, never, yeah, it ends on Halloween day, on, on the 31st. And so it, 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 is, it is totally taken over by the whole witchcraft thing. Um, it is totally crazy. But However, um, when I talk during Black History, I'm very raw and real about what I saw when I was in America, mm-hmm. what I've experienced through traveling through Africa. Um, and, I, and I talk about the injustices. And I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But the Rare yeah. Hope Show, the <laughs> Rare Hope Show is, is, is we're open to anything. We just talk according to what the Holy Spirit wants us to move, we just do it. Mm-hmm. And, we play, and we, play, we play gospel music from everywhere. Um, it is a, a gospel show, so we play music. I mean, we get down. From reggae gospel to rap gospel to traditional gospel, you know, to everybody. We just, we get down and we interview. I mean, which is, um, um, Marette was on there with me um, uh, about 18 months ago. Okay. We did a fundraiser for one of our uh, Christian schools here. And um, I asked her to come on and she came on. Um, we've had many people on um, come on. We have Kirk Carr, Judas Christian McAllister, all these people. Wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, we try to expose the people to to good Christian music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. It is it's wonderful. I actually tuned into one of your shows, uh, mm-hmm. listening, and I'm like, oh, he's jamming. <laughs> well, I'm glad you tuned in. I don't know what I was saying, man. Pray for me. <laughs> I do. I, uh, as I tell some of my guests, I do stalk my guests so that I can have information and be able oh, to uh, talk with you. Because like I said, I don't do uh, static questions. Yes. I like to just have a conversation because so much good information comes out of just having a conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to asking a static question. So mm-hmm. that's why I like that. And, yeah, um, and, and and let me say this: um, if you if you want to stalk it again, just download the app. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I know it's on app, I I went to your page, and okay. that's where I saw your show, and I said, oh, okay, I wonder if it's it, how I can get it. So that was why I yeah. asked too. So yeah. Yeah. great. Now, you wrote on here too that you were of all people to be a chaplain for was Little Richard. Oh my word. <laughs> that is the highlight of, I mean, I worked with a lot of people, but that dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, and I say dude uh, because I'm, <laughs> California brought that into me. But, uh, but let me say this, man, um, and this all happened. I was preaching um, at Bishop Turner's church in La Brea, on La Brea in California, in Inglewood. And um, and uh, we would use the church. Adventist church was using his church on, on, on Saturday. But Bishop Turner, of course, he would always come and have all of these famous people, Darrell Coley, all these folks were there. So Richard, little Richard had come in on that Saturday and I was getting ready to, you know, to preach. And um, I saw him walk in with an entourage of about 20 people. And they took up two rows. And so I'm preaching, I'm getting, you know, getting into the thing. And Richard said, oh my God, oh my God. And he's, you know, he's just getting all excited. And so I made an appeal. Holy Ghost said, you know, go for the appeal. Someone here needs to give their heart to Jesus. Some of that song, you know, singing the appeal. And and, uh, out of the blue, Richard got up out of his seat. He had a cane, came down the aisle, him and about three or four of the guys with him and stood there, tears rolling down his face. 
And so when he was leaving, he had a big white limo outside. And when he was leaving, he, he said, he gave me a little card. He said, call me. When you get home, make sure I'm the first call you make. Mm. Yes. And um, I didn't know too much about him. Um, you know, I did know that he did Tutti Frutti. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what I didn't know. So I, when I got home, of course, I made the call. And um, I thought maybe he just wanted to pray. When I made the call, he said, um, he said, I'm leaving for the East Coast uh, tonight uh, at about four o'clock in the morning. And I want you to come as chaplain. I said, um, I mean, I said, come where? He said, come with me on the tour. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, well, I've got these kids. I got, you know, I, I, how, what's going to happen? So anyway, he said, well, uh, I'm going to get a babysitter. I'm going to pay the babysitter. I mean, he had it all planned out. Mm. And just get your bag ready. The limo is going to pick you up at four o'clock in the morning. Lo and behold, four o'clock in the morning, the limo pulls up and I'm in the limo and I'm heading to the first stop was um, Ohio, um, uh, Columbus, Ohio for uh, Independence Day, mm -hmm. New Jersey, New York um, to do a program with Mariah Carey and um, not Dean Martin, uh, one of the other uh, old time greats he was doing. <laughs> thing and i mean it was just a whirlwind we just did the whole east coast east coast and yeah and i was i was his chaplain man it was <laughs> amazing time and man he he's one of those guys that you know he's he's he don't trust nobody he don't trust the system he don't trust anybody and he's been done so much wrong because you know when you think about the beatles and he was the one that gave them the initial sound and you think about all of these folk, Elvis Presley and all of right. them stole his stuff and he gets no accolades for it. So he don't, and you know, he, he'd be walking around and they they say, well, what, where do you want us to write the check, little Richard? He said, no, I don't want no check. You can give me the money in the hand. And the <laughs> thousands of dollars. He said, well, you better find a place and cash that check and bring my dollars. Otherwise we ain't having no program tonight. Oh, he mm -hmm. was on it. Oh, but yeah. it was good. It was it was um, great to be with him, um, you know, to 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 pray and to do devotions and make sure that the, the tour stayed on the straight and narrow, um, and just watch an icon at work. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant um, to see him at work, and um, had the privilege of spending time with his family, Gail and his nephew Ray. They all live there in LA, um, and um, yeah, just great, great family, great oh, great. That's great. I I seem to find out that a lot of artists from that era believed strictly in cash. Yes. And I understand why. I understand why. Because Mahalia Jackson, mm -hmm. she wanted cash. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aretha yeah. Franklin wanted cash. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. that's another reason why she never put her purse down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People just had his. He had his in his boots, man. He had his long old boots and he had it in his boots. And he, you know, we were we were at a bus stop and he saw this woman with her, um, I think it was New York, with a child, man. It was cold. And uh, he said, I wonder if that woman has money, man. And she was there. So he called her over. She came to the limo. He ran the window down and pulled out a few hundred dollars from his boots and just gave it to her. Mm -hmm. And man, the girl said, this is for me? And he said, yeah, this is for you, man. And she just broke down. And he said, how? she said, how did you know that I had no money? You know, how did you know that? He said, I just looked at you and, and I just felt that. Mm. Sir, and then he said, God bless you. And he kept on driving, man. See, um, and that, that's why I say about people tell their own story is that when you do things, when God puts it on your heart, yeah. Because there's so many times that God will put things on your heart, but you have to act on it too. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you have to you have to be be bold enough to step forward. Like when you were telling me about the police officer, we know that God was speaking to him to speak to your heart because he knew what destiny he had for you. Mm hmm. And I know that you are excited that you accepted that call. Amen. 100%. 100%. But you know what I learned from little Richard, man, was kindness. Mm. He never would, would, every time he felt moved by the spirit, 
he would do what the spirit told him to do. He, he wanted 10,000 copies of this book, Steps to Christ. Um, it was it was Independence Day, we were in Columbus and there were thousands of people in the stadium. And, um, and he said, we're going to give these people this book. He said, this book changed my life. Mm. And, um, and he had them put on the front cover, on the inside cover of the book, a picture, his picture. And it was autographed. And, uh, but he wanted to put something spiritual in the hands of the people. So he sang Tutti Frutti, got the folk all fired up. And then he said, you know what? We're going to give out these books that changes life to all the people. It's about Jesus Christ that want a copy and his pictures on the front page. And man, people raced down, it was like an avalanche. They just <laughs> raced down and they grabbed the book. So many, we gave out 10,000 copies of those books um, to the folk. And it was, that that's ministry. You know, that was, it is. That, that was powerful ministry. I looked at him and, you know, he spent his own money to get it done and to get it shipped there before we got there. And then we were able to give it out to the people. It was amazing ministry. And then he sang, I think it was amazing grace to close it out. Mm. Uh, but, you know, people don't understand. Um, sometimes they look at famous people and they think, you know, especially with his background, they probably oh, forget little Richard. He just, but, you know, up until his death, he was a believer in God. Mm. And, uh, and he, don't matter where the concert was, what situation was going on, he would do something, say something, or give that level of kindness to the people that were looking. And I praise God that I was able to witness that, you know, and see it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. That is great. I, I think it's fantastic. I think it is because uh, people, like you said, people look at, and not just famous people, they just look at people in general and mm -hmm. really don't understand their depth and don't yeah. understand their relationship. You know, just because someone walks a, a specific way does not mean that they don't have a relationship with God or they may be seeking a relationship with God and you may be the one to introduce them or spark that spark that flame under them. So mm -hmm. that is great. Now you have a motto. Keep yeah. it real. <laughs> Keep it real. Keep it real. So. Um, Tell me, tell me more about that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I was a traditional Christian for a very long time. I was very traditional and I did everything by the book, you know. Um, but there was, a, there was one particular time in my life when I'd gone through a marriage breakup mm. and, and it was my fault, you know. Um, I, I did some real bad things and and my wife decided she couldn't take it anymore. Um, and and we, we had to separate. And, you know, I, I, I sat down at that point. And for the first time, I really felt I was real with God. Mm -hmm. and, and I prayed a prayer and I said to God, you know, teach me how to be obedient. Teach me how to be faithful. I left the church that I was pastoring at that time under the whole cloud of broken marriages and all this kind of stuff. And it was a horrible time. I drove up into Oakland on my own and worried about what life was gonna you know, do for me. And I didn't know where to turn. And it was while I was there and God was healing me and working on me and positioning me or repositioning me that I realized that God wanted me all along to be different from your typical pastor, mm. that the pastors of church, and and and, and I, I didn't I didn't see that before, so I started to tell my testimony, and and people kept on saying to me, "Man, you're the realest preacher we ever heard." You know what I mean? You talk about your infidelities, you talk about your addictions, you talk about all of this stuff, and we ain't never heard that. You know, most preachers would keep those things quiet. And, and more and more, when I did seminars, I found that God was telling me to pour myself out and let people hear what he's done for me, what real grace is all about. Mm -hmm. and, 
And, and the more I kept on hearing, I said, you know what, man, that's going to become my motto, man. I'm going to keep it real. I may not have a Bible text for everything that I've done, but I'm definitely going to keep it real. And, and, and some, and all the way along the line now, that's what I do. I just, um, more than anything, um, I tell my story. I keep it real. I don't mess. I don't sugarcoat. Um, I don't think God has brought me on this journey for all these years um, just to, to open and give people a denominational word or, or to stroke their ego or to make them, you know, jump. I want them to remember when they leave the platform where we are mm -hmm. about testimony. Where did God bring this person from? He can do the same for me. And so we keep it real. We keep it real. And that's just a background to that statement. Um, I just, I just tell it whatever the Holy Spirit, I don't have a script. I do whatever the script. Uh, you know, it's funny, people ask me about sermons, how to prepare a sermon. Before I would say, study the Greek, study the Hebrew, know where the, the context of the text. Da, da, da. And that was fine for that time. But now um, I just, God speaks to me and I tie it to a testimony that I've been through mm. and I preach the whole thing. And, 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 and then we wrap it up in the word of God. And okay. that's the end of that. Yeah, that's the end of that. So we try to keep it real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want you, I want to thank you for joining me today, but I'd like you to talk to my uh, audience and tell them how they can get in contact with you and what you have going on now. Yes, um, definitely on Facebook, um, Ray A. Patrick. Um, you can get me there. Um, you won't be able to be a friend of mine because I'm maxed out the thing. I think it's 5,000 people, but you can follow me. So you can hit the follow thing and you can follow every day. We just repost. Um, I write a blog every day. Um, and you can, you can, you can subscribe to that blog. Um, the blog is on the website, godinterest.com, godinterest.com. You can go there and you can hit the subscribe button and every morning you will get a devotional in your inbox. It takes two minutes to read. And um, I originally did it for young people, but now we have eight to, to, to 15,000 people. I can't remember how many. Uh, that get it every morning. Um, so it's godinterest.com. And then on YouTube, God Interest, um, you can go there. Uh, it's a channel and you will see, I mean, all, not all the sermons, because but there's a lot of sermons. There's a lot of things on pornography. Um, you can you can go there and you will see all the stuff that I'm doing currently on God Interest. Of course, Adventist Radio London, uh, which goes out to all the world and you can get it on that website. You can download the app from your app store or from your Play Store. You can download the app. And you'll get me Friday night with prayer on drive, Sabbath afternoon, as they call it in the Adventist church. Um, we get talking point, which we talk about everything. Last week, we talked about erectile dysfunction um, in men. Okay. <laughs> and that was a whole nother conversation. Male menopause, <laughs> we called it. Um, and so we talked about that. And then on Sunday, the Ray of Hope show at 10 o'clock UK time. Um, so those, and of course, Instagram, p.ray. P.Ray, P.Ray on Instagram, which spells pray, as you know, P.Ray <laughs> on, on that on Instagram. So that's some of the handles that I've got. Um, but right now, I'm, I am the chaplain at the Stanborough School, and it's a private Christian school in London. Um, and, and aside from that, we speak, we do all the other things that we do. But the radio, we also got interest TV is what you pick up on the channel. And that's our TV channel um, that goes out to the world. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things I'm involved in. Okay. Does MediaNet MediaNet TV is that still active? is not still active. I mean, it's active as a channel, so you can go to the channel. And a lot of the things that I've done, because most of my interviews that I did back then with a lot of celebrities and other people is actually on that channel. But you can go there um, and you would see all the stuff that we did probably in the last decade. Um, they, they have several there. God Interest TV is fairly new, um, I'd say within the last couple of years um, as well, God Interest TV. But now we, you know, they, there is a lot. 
uh, or you can just, you can Google. Um, I do wanna, can I take a moment to say that you, I have authored four books. Okay. Um, and um, um, and these four books, um, the first one is um, The Battle for the Mind, War Zone, The Battle for the Mind. The second is Transforming Your Mind in 30 Days, mm. which is a youth type book. Um, then Taken by Porn, it talks about my 30 year addiction to pornography. Um, and, and how God was able to deliver me, hallelujah, from that. Amen. Um, the, one, the last one is called Pray For Me, and that is a book on prayer. Each one of those you can get at lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com, or just Amazon, Google, whatever, and they'll come up in your Google. Uh, my name, they'll show up, and then you can, you can purchase as you need. Amen. <laughs> You are busy, and that is a great thing. Always being busy in working for the Lord because we have so many people who are going astray, have gone astray, or looking for a an answer. I'll put it that way, looking for answers. Well, I want to thank my guest, Reverend Ray A. Patrick, for participating in this segment of Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, send an email to letstalktogmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to be notified when episodes post. I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. God bless you too. <laughs> Are you one of the many Americans that are hoping to find a new job? Do you need to establish new skills or improve the skill you already have? Perhaps you're an HR professional in a company and in need of online training for your employees. Well, I invite you to check out the online training system from Born to Speak to You. Once registered, these online courses are available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for 60 days. In the area of human resource trainings, we have courses on lunch and learn program, crisis management, diversity and inclusion, health and wellness at work, office health and safety, workplace violence, and much, much more. Our website is borntospeaktoyou.com, where the two is the number two. That's borntospeaktoyou.com, where you can even arrange for a virtual training for your employees on any one of our 110 training modules.